saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A blessed Easter to all of you this Wednesday, May the 4th, as the light of Christ shines on us from 1 John chapter 1. John continues with a, with a John theme, God is light. And if we walk in the light as he is the light, and these words that we hear quite often, and also what we hear in the worship service, something that rings in my ears, which is just amazing to think about. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Powerful words that do action that are real and powerful that we will study today. Although we will only study a few verses, all of these verses are packed with a punch and they all point us to the grace of God. So open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome regular guest Pastor David Boisclair of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Pastor Boisclair, a blessed Easter and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. A blessed Easter as well to you and to all our listeners and uh, the light of Christ continues to shine. Amen to that. So, Pastor, what's going on for you in the work of the saints at Faith in Bethesda? We continue to share the gospel. We continue in the means of grace, uh, the word and sacrament, uh, and, and Christ shines through us by his grace and power. And we delight we delight to, um, you know, uh, basically reach out to anyone that's hurting. And, and, and there's always need for prayer and, and encouragement. And uh, and so so we're hanging in there. <laughs> And Pastor, that is a great reminder for all of us, including myself, of, you know, why do we even have a church, a church that's there to to serve people, to to pray for people? There's always more prayers to I'm realizing that every single day, um, not to give. There's always more to bring to the feet of Christ. I should say it that way. And there's always people that are in need of the gospel. Because too often I get into this where you know, you've already heard the gospel. Why do we need to say that again? And Pastor, <laughs> just we'll start that way. Since we're in the Easter season and today we're gonna we're gonna hear pure gospel as well. Why is it that people in the church need to keep proclaiming the gospel that we, that we, as we know it from Scripture? Well, because uh, there is a lot of darkness out there, uh, and uh, even as uh, Saint Peter says in uh, his second general epistle, he says we we do well to pay attention to the prophetic word, to the word of God, because it shines as a lamp in a dark place. And and uh, there, 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 it's kind of like yes, yes, Christ uh, died for all of us. All our all sins are forgiven, but uh, it doesn't do us any good if if there is no faith and. and and of course, it's a continual uh, practice in in a, a uh, living with the Lord, walking with the Lord, that we should uh, uh, recognize uh, our sins and constantly confess them uh, to God and to one another, and to receive the, that forgiveness through faith. And 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 that that of course is what. So actually, what the church does by it's just being there is doing the what the Great Commission because it that uh, we make disciples by baptizing, isn't that true? And right. and also right. by uh, sharing the gospel with one with the with in our fellowship and then to anyone that is in in earshot. And that's just 
Thanks be to God. I mean, that is, <laughs> that's, that's what we have. That's the strength that we have as a church because we can get very, very focused on all the extremities, if I can say it that way. And the heart of what we are is proclaiming that gospel. And um, my father has said this. I've quoted this before. He told me this is the reality is the older you get, the more you realize the depth of God's love for us with the gospel. And the older you get, the more you realize how you don't deserve it. And that's exactly a reminder of what it is that Christ has done for us. So, Pastor, on that note, as we are here to bring the gospel and the word of God, can you begin our time and ask the Lord's blessing for our study in prayer? Yes. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the light of the world, the light that no darkness can overcome. Dispel the darkness of sin, evil, and death that engulfs the world. You are the light that enlightens the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Shine on us that we may live forever in your light. We come to you now at midday to be enlightened by your precious word, which is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path that continually shines for us as a lamp in a dark place. Grant that we may be, as you have said of us, the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Shine through us to all that your Father, who dwells in inapproachable light, may be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text today, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call on this live program, this live study, 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Pastor, let's begin by hearing the Word of God. We are studying 1 John chapter 1 from the English Standard Version. I'll be reading from verses 5 through 10. Our, our main focus has been with 1 John is to go through this slowly. And, and, and one, because there's so many wonderful nuggets that, that John has given to us by the Holy Spirit. At the same time, I know I've always had a tendency to just fly through these because I want to get to Revelation. And there's so much that we do miss, I have missed, and I think we as God's people do. So let us go through this and may the Holy Spirit guide us. We begin by hearing the Word of God. John writes, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie down and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of our Lord this morning. Pastor, many of these words are familiar to us, um, but there's a theme that runs all through these six verses. So, Pastor, where do you want to start? Well, I I think, obviously, with the theme of light. Uh, and and uh, that is that's probably one. I, I kind of did a quick word study on light in the New Testament and and, and 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 in the old, somewhat in the Old Testament as well. And it's like the word pastor. Uh, this coming Sunday is Good Shepherd Sunday, and and that's that's a very important uh, theme or metaphor 
uh, for us, you know, in, in, in ministry, you know, that, that we are the pastor, uh, pastors and teachers. Uh, but, but in this case, of course, it's talking about God in our lives. God is the light in our lives. And uh, much in this, it's the first thing he, uh, he speaks uh, at, in, in the beginning. He says, let there be light. And there was light. And the light uh, shine, is separated from the darkness. And, and so uh, John is, is using uh, this spiritual metaphor, I might say. Uh, it's not figurative. You know, it, it's, it, it, you know obviously, whenever uh, the Lord or his angels appear uh, in, in Scripture, uh, it's spoken of as light, as, as shining, as bright light, uh, like the sun shining in its full strength. Um, and, and, and so John is sort of saying, okay, now let's talk about our life with God. We've talked about in, in the early chapter or the early verses of this, which are so rich, you know, saying, you know, we had him with us. We had Jesus with us. We could see him. We could hear him. We could touch him. You know, we 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 uh, we could hug him and 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 listen to his word, and and now let's uh, go more into our present life in the Lord, and and then and and look at who God is. God is light. You know, it's interesting how First John is such a simple uh, epistle, simple, uh, but it but it contains so much precious, uh, as you said, nuggets of of God's truth. And, and, you know, later it will say God is love. You know, God is his attributes. God is simple. You know, in other words, if he is, if he shines in light, he is light. If he is, loves the world and loves all of us, he is love. And in this case, uh, John is talking about our fellowship with God as light. And I like it in, in, in the prayer that you mentioned, basically what we hear from Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. And we get that understanding of Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And, and then today, I feel like those kind of come together where it puts in the right context of if we go too far with saying that, you know, that I or Pastor Boris Claire are the light of the world, how easily we can really start looking at ourselves more than the light of the world, which is Jesus, especially in context of Revelation where it talks about how, you know, that the, the lamb will be the light, you know, really reminding us of who Christ is, the eternal Christ that is that light that will last forever. So, Pastor, as we look at those dichotomies, we can go too far off, especially when we say you are the light of the world. How do we make sure as we look at the words today that we are keeping that in context, that Jesus is the light and we are not the light, but we are also the light of the world, as, as, as Jesus says in Matthew 5. So any thoughts as we begin? Yeah, uh, the, uh, we are in Christ, and, and, and Christ is our light. So in a sense, Christ is the, is the source of, of uncreated light, the light of salvation, the light of life, and he shines through us. So in a sense that when we are in him through holy baptism, and and uh, we we walk with we live with him. It walk. It, it's interesting the metaphors uh, the, in the in the scriptures, the ancient Hebrew metaphor of that living is like walking. And so when we talks about living, it's it's how we walk through the world. Now, if if we're uh, mm-hmm. we need to walk in the light, and that is Christ. And if we are in Christ, Christ shines through us, so that we can be the, be the light. 
as he is the light. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's when, when we are with Christ, even as he says about him being the vine and we're the branches, if apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we cannot shine. We can only shine. He can only shine through us. So let's start digging in because those themes run through all over the place in these verses. So I'm ready to begin. Are you ready, Pastor? Oh, I'm just uh, excited, chomping at the bit here. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Verse 5. Verse 5, John writes, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Pastor, I'm going to start just really simple here. This is the message we have heard from him. Who is him in verse 5? Of course, that that would be Christ. Uh, you know, or in God, of course, and you know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, and then and then the one the one who has come into the world, the 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 Word of Life, you know that they 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 spoke of. You know, it, what's rather interesting is uh, that. Saint uh, Saint Augustine, uh, you know, he he said some kind of good good things like uh, the word comes uh, to, or rather, uh, yeah, the word comes to the element and it becomes a sacrament. That uh, they they are as Lutheran uh, teachers, we say that's that's probably one of the best things that Augustine ever said. Uh, so much of Western theology depends on on what Augustine had taught. Not now some uh, some of it. Uh, precious, some of it good, uh, not so good. You know, as, as Paul says, you know, it's like things built on a foundation it, it, that stubble, wood, hay, or stubble is sort of, uh, when proven, it's, it doesn't show to be persistent. But Augustine said, talked about like heat and light as being uh, a positive thing. Light is the positive thing. We know that there it's, uh, it's composed of photons. So it, it, it is something that is really there. Darkness is the absence of light, just like cold is the absence of heat. So in this particular case, it is, Augustine says that like light, there is such a thing as pure light. God is pure light. God is pure holiness. Uh, and and that, that exists. There is no such thing as pure darkness or no such thing as pure evil. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, pure evil does not exist. You know, even the devil has something good about him. Uh, what is that? Well, the devil's living, so he has life. You know, so so in in a sense, those things that are the darkness that is against us is something that is not as powerful as the light that that is a that is God that is powerful, and 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 so that's kind of the the, the picture that we have there. Um, uh, that that God is light, and and that uh, you know when when we get when we go away from God or when we're apart from God, then we're in darkness. I like what's said in one of our newer, not newer, because the hymnal's been around since '06, but the newer in the hymnal for us as Lutherans is 411. I want to walk as a child of the light, and it does quote this passage. When it says, in him there is no darkness at all, the night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light in the city of God, shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. And, and the language there is just that reminder that when, when there is light, you know, in general, so if, if you and I are in a room and they turn the light on, unless there's a shadow, there's no darkness, right? There's no darkness there because the light is there. Um, but, but, you know, that, that, that is the connection 
to Jesus. And Pastor, how would you describe that connection to Jesus, that when there's Jesus, there's no darkness at all? How would you describe that to somebody? Well, it, it's interesting how, how it's always in the open. You know, Christ is, is mm. it, it, it always wants to be truthful, to tell the truth. You know, as, as uh, you know, it used to be, or, or maybe it is in some countries where if you're, if you're an English-speaking person, you like to find uh, establishments, uh, restaurants or whatever, uh, you know, like in a foreign country that says English spoken here. Well, if you if you have if you go to our churches, we should have on our on our marquees in front of our churches. We should have truth spoken here, and 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 so and then then truth of it's kind of connected to the light. So when Jesus is speaking his word, he is speaking truth, and he's, he's shedding light. Uh, you know, and so that the, so that people can live in 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 happiness and freedom and and in joy. And and so when Jesus is there, there is no there is no darkness, and and as I said, with God there is no darkness at all. As it as it says, there's not one scintilla. In other words, there is no bit of darkness at all in God, and so and so that's that's what we uh, rejoice in as as we uh, gather in His name. And that's why when we read these words, that simple reality: God is light is such a powerful image for us. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Um, that why, I want to reflect on that a little bit because, for example, now it's getting to be springtime here in Minnesota. And what a joy it is to be able to go outside, put my, put my head up, look at the sun, and to be able to enjoy that light. And that can be, <laughs> that can be abused as well. You know, it kind of like, just, we were comparing Jesus to the sun and all this kind of weirdness, but there's, there's a connection there. Why this, 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 um, this analogy of saying God is light is so powerful. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Why is that such an important analogy for us to always remember as Christians? Well, I mean, Jesus kind of uh, you mentioned something as well. He talks about our eyes. He says, uh, he says in Matthew six twenty two through twenty three, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your yeah, eye is right. healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So we want to be delivered from darkness. We, you know, and, 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 and it, as John's gospel, too, points out, he says, uh, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Much, much of the time, we as human beings are overcome by darkness, uh, you know, and it's very easy to, to, to the darkness is ever lurking <laughs> as shadows. And, and, uh, you know, it, as, as we get close to Christ, we, we, we are uh, given the light of his truth and, and, and uh, follow. And it's not only a matter of, of like ethics or, you know, how we live in accordance with the Ten Commandments, which is very important in this too, but it's also the true doctrine, the true uh, orthodox teaching of his word that is a light for us. And, and that's so very important for us so that, well, we know how to live. 
You know, if we're if we got if we're in darkness, you know, if you're you're going out, some some people are good at, at maybe walking in the dark. I, I like to try to be able to save save uh, energy uh, costs and not switch on the light, turn on and off the lights all the time. But sometimes, if if you're in the dark, you can fall and stumble and and break a break a leg or something. Nothing is. I've always heard you know a, a parental wisdom is nothing good happens after dark. <laughs> and and that's just a reality. I mean, that's, you know, one, you'll fall um, when you're dry. There's a lot more accidents at nighttime than there are during the daytime. There's I mean, not to say daytime is perfect, but there's that general understanding of it. And then there's that reality of when we look at God, there is no darkness there. Therefore, he is perfect, which goes back to understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, you know, the perfect son of God, the perfect lamb who has been slain. I mean, it, the, the analogies keep coming back and back. And the real power that I see, that, that is the power of everything we read in verse 5. And then it tells, they are telling the people they're writing to that this is something to proclaim to you. And this connects to what we talked about at the beginning, the role of the church. Why is that so important? Like he could have just gone through this whole thing and just said, this is who God is, like a creed, and then just said, amen, and moved on. But he's very, very clear this we have heard and this we proclaim to you. Why is that proclamation so important as John writes us? Yes, and that's that's probably one of the other other themes there. Uh, it's in Greek, it's the angelia, which, uh, you know, it's in other words, just simply a proclamation. Uh, the gospel, of course, is the angelia, the good message that is given. And, and Jesus, of course, says that, you know, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Uh, you know, a lot of times, and, and especially in, in the very beautiful land of 10,000 lakes where you live, of course, uh, everyone wants to be outside and, and to and to and really feel, see the the beauty of God's world. But in outside of the fellowship of the saints, outside of the church, or, or where there is no uh, you know proclamation of the gospel, if there's no uh, Lord's Supper, no baptism, no holy absolution going on, uh, you know there is no forgiveness except where God has. Uh, has shown us that that forgiveness uh, is, is present, and that is, in, of course, in the fellowship of the saints. And so, and, and so that that's so vital to us as Christians that we do not neglect the gathering of ourselves together, because there we are with Christ, the forg- the one who forgives the friend of sinners, who forgives us our sins, and then we encourage one another. You know, there's strength in numbers, as they say. Uh, you know, and so there's strength in numbers if if all of us uh, gather together in uh, the family of faith in the church and and uh, and and sing God's praises, proclaim His gospel, uh, and and receive the Lord's Supper and the forgiveness of of our sins. So, how do you say it? The the light is there for you. Receive the light, if I can use it that way, and receive the gifts, as I say quite often. And it is it is much like when we want to be outside in the spring and summer here in Minnesota. The gifts are and they are just glorious. The sins, life, and salvation that is given to us by His Word, and it is like light for those who have been cooped up in the winter. All winter long, that even when the sun was out in the winter, I didn't want to go outside and put my face into that because it was negative 20 degrees. But now is the time that you realize how powerful that light is. Pastor, anything else in verse 5? No, I I think it really 
gets us uh, focused on on what uh, what the the Apostle John is trying to teach us. You know, another thing to remember too is is he was he was uh, speaking against a false teaching that was uh, very present in his time. Uh, there was a fellow by the name of Serinthus, and uh, he he is uh, someone we would call a Gnostic. Uh, somebody who who didn't really believe that uh, Jesus Christ was, came in the flesh that he was not uh, that he was not a human being uh, that he was just mm. simply a spirit and and not the Gnostics uh, thought that evil you know and we as Christians say the evil that uh, Christ overcomes is sin. Uh, not uh, material things, but the Gnostics, of course, said the evil that you, they had to overcome was material things. So, you know, in other words, like, for instance, they would use light uh, by saying, you know, we're, we're trapped uh, in, in flesh and we're trapped in, in matter and we have to be released from that. And so Serinthus was the ty- type of guy that said, well, our body doesn't matter, so we can sin as much as we, as we want because the body is of no matter. We need to be released from the body. And, and then we, uh, so, so, and that's what, uh, John, uh, was, was battling in, in, in the church in Ephesus where he lived. And so there also was some reference that I saw that part of what John is writing to as Christians where people were also leaving the church. So not only was there heresy being proclaimed about who Jesus was, but people were leaving the church because of outside influences of the world, which I think we can relate with both, right? The, the Gnosticism mm-hmm. that we'll even see in our own culture, the, 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 the physical doesn't matter, you know, it's what's in your heart as opposed to the physical body. And at the same time, people are like, you know what? This whole Jesus thing, you know, there's that's uh, you know, I don't really want that. I want the world the world gives me because it looks a little more exciting. That darkness doesn't look so bad that you keep railing against. And so people leave the church and he's encouraging them back to the essence of what Christianity is about, which is God, his light, his forgiveness and his cleanliness by uh, the blood of Christ. So, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I, I think this really relates to our world today. Pastor, we have about a minute before our break. Any thoughts on that where this epistle very much so relates to our world in America in the 21st century? Yes. Uh, it, what we see in our culture now, we have, we have such an amazingly evil culture and 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 that that surrounds us uh there where where light is called darkness and darkness is called light and and uh you know just the the glorification of of uh of just horrible sinful living and and everything that's going on uh you know like uh, like in the case of uh, you know abortion uh, the evil of abortion uh you know there's there's such uh, satan really has a lot of uh people that are supporting his his ways and and this is so this message of the gospel of christ is so vital in our our fallen society our pagan world that surrounds us so pastor as we look at that right now it's time to take our break we are studying first john chapter chapter one with pastor david boisclair and we will be right back
These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan316. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. Hello there, uh, from Scottville, Michigan. We appreciate having KFUO streaming into our home. The programs on KFUO have really built up our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you to all the staff for continuing to bring the good news to all the world. We will continue to keep you in our prayers. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Worldwide KFUO. By the grace of God, KFUO has been broadcasting the good news of Christ for you since 1924. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His Word. This Sunday, join us for services from Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri at 8.15 a.m. and St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Cullman, Alabama at 10.30 a.m. As well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri at 9.30. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. This week on Lamplighter Theater. Before we start today's lesson, I would like to know which one of you owes money to Mr. Jones. Stand now. Speak the truth. What was that all about? I have nothing to say to you. How about Mr. Hartley, then? Don't you have something to say to him? You're going to let me take all the blame? Don't miss the next Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO. Welcome back. We are studying 1 John chapter 1, the end of chapter 1, with Pastor David Boisclair of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. And Pastor, we've gotten through this first verse of, of our reading, verse 5, and th- there's, there's a lot there. And so uh, I think, you know, anything else you want to highlight? Because re- it sets the tone for the rest of our verses. Oh yeah, I think I think we've uh, really covered that. Uh, the that you know there there is a lot there is a lot that can be said about that. But then then of course in the rest of the uh, this passage, uh, he applies what 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 is said here. So verse six, uh, verses six and seven. Actually, we will read. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Pastor, in verse 6, it, it, you know, he, he speaks a very strong word that none of us ever want to be accused of, which is lying. And it's very um, upfront, these words. What is he saying in verse 6 about walk, being in the light, but then walking in darkness, and then the accusation we have toward God. What are your thoughts? Well, um, you know, it, it, it shows that it, it is not permissible for God's people to uh, follow the world, uh, follow in the ways of the world. And, and, and in other words, where, where even in, in our day, even so starkly, it, it, you know, it's just such a there people live unabashedly in, in sinful li- lives 
And, uh, you know, it, it's like, you know, like they, it's always a danger of compromising, compromising with evil. Uh, you know, it, it's like, it, oh, it, well, it's OK to uh, steal or, you know, uh, you know, like like we see the, the brazenness, uh, in, you know, in in, in uh, some as a she where the people uh, smash and grab and, and, and break into stores or shoplift or or whatever uh, or lie. You know, that's probably one of the biggest uh, sins that that, uh, you know, many of us are tempted to by the devil is to is to lie to others. Um, you know, a lying is is sort of the nature of the devil himself, and and it's part of that darkness. And so, you know, so if we if we're uh, living uh, our lives in the world not as the children of God, not uh, not uh, desiring to learn His will through the Ten Commandments, uh, you know, we're we're um, basically. Hip, hypocritical and hi, hypocrisy is a, a great sin that's committed in the, this day and age. And that's where, so you do have these dynamics in culture, and we have to be careful. We don't want to. We don't want to make like Twitter or social media to be the standard of what people actually think and say, because that's not how that works. We tend to do that, but that's not how this works. Is someone can say, "Well, I'm a Christian." And then they'll insert this word, but I'm a Christian, but I don't believe X, whatever that might be. Um, I'm a Christian, but I don't do X or whatever, you know, those kind of things. And often it's used as a way to not judge uh, what they're doing or what they're not doing and so forth. And here he's basically calling them out and saying, listen, if you're in Christ, then here's where darkness cannot be part of this life. And I do think uh, there was a great reference that I saw when it goes to Galatians chapter 5, the manifest works of the flesh. So in case people are wondering what that might be, I do encourage our listeners to go to Galatians 5 right now because someone can say, well, you're, you're just accusing me wrongly of walking in darkness. And that's where we as Christians are able to look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, which speaks about those manifest works of the flesh. And so here's that list. I'll I'll read those there. And Pastor, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Is verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I thought that was about as close. As, that, that's the closest of a list that we could see in the fullness of darkness in our world today. And even with that, people might ask the question: So what does that mean? <laughs> but it's pretty obvious what that means. What darkness is. So, so Pastor, as we look at darkness, that's a pretty clear list to me. But you know what? What? What are, what are your thoughts on, on on the darkness that we'll see in this world and that list that Paul gives in Galatians? Well, the starkness is you know even as the Apostle Paul in in uh, Romans one says uh, you know those the, that do things like that are are to be condemned, but those who approve of those that do things like that, uh, you know it. it 
you, 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 it, it really, it, it just, it should chill us to the very bone. And, and the law, the, you know, the God's law is so, so like a, a sharp double-edged sword here. It says those that do things like that will not enter the kingdom of God. So when you see people right. doing stuff like that, especially if they say they're Christians, you can say clearly to them, you're on your way to hell. Uh, you know, by right. doing things like that and living like that, you know, that you, that, that should not be if you are, you know, such things should not even be named among God's people. You know, that's, uh, you know, that that's such a that, that's kind of the task of 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 us in the public ministry. And, and we need to call a spade a spade. You know, you're sinners. When you do things like that, you can you could kill your soul. You you can go to hell for for doing and, and even even what might be considered to be, uh, you know, uh, sins that are not that are not hurtful or whatever. We're not we we're, we can do whatever we want in the in the privacy of our own home. We're not hurting anybody. Uh, mm. you know, uh, so, so, but, but, you know, uh, th- that's, that is part and parcel of, of following in the footsteps of Satan himself. And, and people need to realize how deadly these things are. You know, you, you're taking death into your, into your life by, by living this way. And I do think it, it's important for us to remember too, that these, this list is, is so stark, like you said, from light, which I would encourage everyone to look at the fruit of the spirit. If you look at the fruit of the spirit and you look at that of the the manifest works of the flesh, those are two different things, you know, two different things. And, and for us too, we all can look at this list 19 to 21 and realize, wait a second, I've been jealous. I've had impurity, you know, uh, maybe I will drank a little bit too much one time or more than one time. I get rivalries are a big dissensions of my life. So if anyone listens and goes, yeah, let's go get those people without reflecting on your own life. Well, that's that's the essence of exactly who he's preaching. at. He's not preaching to somebody else. He's preaching to me. He's preaching to us that I'm in darkness and therefore I, too, need the light. Any other thoughts on verse six, Pastor? Yes, I think I, I, that that's so uh, precious and powerful, and, and and the thing is, is is that um, you know even as the apostle says, we should put on the armor of light. That's why you know in mm-hmm. our devotions we should use the the catechism, use the uh, uh, pray that Luther used to pray through the Ten Commandments when we uh, and then of course as it will continue on and how we how we cope with this, it'll show us how we cope with this. But but we should. Uh, be on our guard when we hear people saying there's nothing wrong with living like that. Uh, you know that that is uh, th- that's deceptive. That's that it, well, you know, and that's the way the devil is. You know, as Saint Paul says in Second uh, Corinthians, he says uh, the devil masquerades as an angel of light. You know, so so a lot of people think, you know, you call these things sins, but we think they're good. You know, we you, you think call them darkness. We call them they're light to us, you know, and and, and it's or, or maybe people will say, well, well, the rules just don't apply to me. And we don't want rules anyway. We want to get rid of uh, rules and, and people bossing us around. You know, I'm the Lord of my own life. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, there's definitely a focus on oneself as opposed to the Lord. So, for example, if you were to say, well, I'm not walking in darkness or I'm a, I'm a Christian, 
when often the conversation does not actually ever point to the light of Jesus and his forgiveness and his grace and that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Usually the onus is on myself. See, I'm not that bad. You know, I don't do as many bad things as that person. And very, very often we are not talking about God. We're talking about ourselves. So, so let's, let's go to, let's, I'm going to go into the light here. How about that? The darkness, hey. Lord have mercy upon me. Let's go in, let's go into the light. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm going to read verse seven again. <laughs> but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Pastor, this verse is so full of grace. It, 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 it's, it's like when Romans 5, when it talks about the, the, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I feel like verse 7 does this. And part of the reason I highlight that is because I'm so used to verses 8 and 9 because of our liturgy and, and our, in, our, in our hymnal that we will read mm-hmm. verses 8 and 9. But verse 7 is just as powerful as those verses. So, so Pastor, walk us through that. Verse 7. Now we're, now we're in the light. I like being in the light. Um, what's, what's, why do we need to walk in the light and what are the benefits? Well, it's it, it as it as it says is we've got a big problem and that's sin in our lives and so what's the solution you know what uh, you know for the Gnostics of course it was matter or the body or anything like that uh, for uh, the the truth is as God reveals it to us in His Word is that the problem is sins uh, your as the prophet says your sins have made a separation between you and your God. Between you and life, you are walking in death. You are uh, like the dead dead people walking in the world. Uh, and so, uh, you know, to walk in the light is like living in the light, you know, because like I said, in the Old Testament, they use the word, uh, the idea of walking as, as sort of a, uh, a metaphor for living. And so, but, but God is in the light and the light is life. And, and then we are to have fellowship with one another. That, that's a very precious word. All of the, when we trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, he knits us together into his body, the body of Christ, or, or, the, or we call it the one holy Christian and apostolic church. You know, every true believer in Jesus, that, that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, is, is a member of just one church, uh, because Christ is not, he doesn't have more than one bride. He has only one bride, and that is the church, and that's what we're knit together, and we hold him, we hold Jesus and his love and his uh, word and sacraments in common with each other in this fellowship, in this koinonia, and uh, that's the Greek word. And then uh, we, 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 you know, in other words, there's, there's, the horiz- there's the vertical relationship with us and Jesus. It's like in the form of a cross. And then there is this other relationship with one another, all of our fellow uh, believers in Jesus Christ. And then what, what, is, uh, what he's speaking about here is that uh, there is faith. We, have, we trust in that vicarious atonement that our Lord Jesus has accomplished for us, his, his redemption, dying on the cross, shedding his blood to take away the guilt of our sins cleanses us from all of our sins. Sin, you know, basically when we look at the way people live in the world, they live in filth. Sin is filth. And, and it is the blood of Jesus which cleanses us from this filth. And I like that language, like you just said, that the world is not only dark, which we can trip in, 
which, you know, I mean, it's kind of inconvenient, right? I mean, I don't want to go out at night and, you know, certain age people don't want to drive at night. It's kind of more of an inconvenience. But if I'm not clean, you know, like if I go on a camping trip, the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is run to the shower, right? I want to be clean because we do not like being dirty. And when we are in sin, which the reality is every day, we feel that dirt and grime all over us, spiritually, physically, whatever it might be. And that's why I think this image of light and darkness is so powerful, but even more so in a practical sense, this cleansing of forgiveness from the blood of Jesus is even more so because we know what it's like to be dirty and we know the the, 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 the grace and the comfort of knowing and, and the... Um, what do you call it? The, the joy of being clean. That's why I think that language there of being cleanses us from all sin is so powerful. What are your thoughts on, on the idea of cleanliness from the blood of Christ? Yes, it, it, that's something that's a theme that runs throughout the Old Testament. Uh, you know, if you read uh, in um, Leviticus, and uh, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, you know, you have uh, these rituals, uh, they're, they're for spiritual cleanliness. You know, it, it's, they're, they're not just, uh, you know, there is like the, they want to be uh, sanitized, you know, and, and in this period, in the, in this COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen the need to be uh, sanitized or to have uh, have cleanliness um, because, uh, you know, dirt and and germs uh, can kill us. And so the the idea here is that we are we are filthy with sin and we need cleansing. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, you've been, you've been uh, maybe out and about, you're real sweaty and you're real dirty and, 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 and you just, just want to be clean. You want to get under that, under that shower, into that bath and, and, and cleanse all of that, uh, all of that dirt away. So we, it, it, the same is the, true for sin. We want to be cleansed of our sins and, and, and that is something that God taught his people through the Old Testament with the need to be washed away, have our sins washed away. Once for all, Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross to, uh, to take away all sins, to take away the guilt of all sins, and to uh, bring God's forgiveness to us. Oh, there's so much here, Pastor. I, I think we should move on because verses 8 and 9, we do not, even though we say it a lot in church, doesn't mean we shouldn't study it here this morning. So uh, let's dig into that. Verses 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pastor, here, he, in the, the last three verses, really, he calls us out. Of when we say something like, well, sin isn't as bad as that person's sin. I'm not that bad of a sinner, which clearly was the issue in those days, clearly as well in the heresy that was going on of Gnosticism. And I think also the world kind of saying, well, you're not that bad of a sinner, da, 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 da. And for us, I always get convicted with that because my heart always wants to say, I'm not that bad of a sinner. And John does not allow us to say that. And he uses language of deceiving ourselves. Um, Pastor, what, what do you think? Truth not being in us. I don't like someone telling me that. I don't want to be, to say that I've been deceiving myself. Why is it important that we realize that indeed we are, if we ever make it sound like that we have no sin? Well, it's it's sort of like when you go to the doctor, if you, you don't feel well, you need to know what's wrong. 
And if, if mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. deal with the problem, if you, you know, the doctor uh, test does put you through tests, a barrage of tests, so he can make a diagnosis. God's law is, is, it makes a diagnosis of us. It says that you have a deadly illness within you, a cancer within you. That cancer has to be, has to be removed, and, and you have to be made free from, from cancer. Um, and and in, in, a, in a sense, then, how, then, then here, it, it, these verses, of course, show us how that forgiveness of Christ is applied to us. You know, what's interesting is that uh, it, the holy absolution is called holy absolution because it is something that Jesus instituted. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. Uh, but, but there is really no uh, mandate uh, from Christ to confess our sins necessarily. But that is the, but, but like when we have the uh, order of the uh, general confession in our, in our worship services, we, we use the scriptural, um, there, there is uh, like scripture passages which deal with this. So for, for in the uh, old liturgy from page 5 and 15 of uh, the Lutheran hymnal, it said, you know, quoting from Psalm 32, uh, I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So that's sort of the pattern that we should follow. We confess our sins. Uh, even though, of course, it is the absolution or forgiveness, which is what Christ instituted, yet the confession of our sins, you know, prepares us to receive that that uh, absolution or forgiveness. And here in this passage, which is in the newer liturgy, uh, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is, is in other words, that forgiveness is full, always there full blast. Whenever the pastor says, uh, I forgive you all your sins. We are to take that as a voice from heaven, as as all of our sins, everything is forgiven. Uh, you know, and, and it's so that it's important for us to be open and saying, I am a sinner. I'm headed for hell. I need I need uh, salvation from Jesus. I need forgiveness. And then and then to have uh, that uh, publicly, officially spoken to us is such a uh, such a blessing. So, Pastor, there's a, there's a great promise here that we know that not only we are failing in our understanding of our own sin, and I think we all, and this is good for you, our listeners, too, to remember that we quickly can fall into this ideology of my sin isn't that bad, but he doesn't allow that. But the promise comes in verse 9 that these sins is not something where you have to just go into uh, ashes in repentance and then for five days, and then at the end of that, you'll feel better. No, if you confess our sins, it points us who God is, faithful and just, and that promises that he not only forgives us, but he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I mean, that this forgiveness is, 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 is not just, oh, you're forgiven, but it actually like a full body cleaning, you know, body and soul, all of it is forgiven. And, and therefore, we can say this in church. That I, I came as a dirty sinner, I'm leaving cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And to me, that promise is so powerful that I love that I'm able to proclaim that. I love that the church is there for that purpose um, and that that we are able to say in this dark world, there is light. In this very um, grimy world, there is cleanliness. Pastor, what are your thoughts? 
Yes, and and I think you kind of pointed to something about uh, about pretending to be sorry for sins a lot of times. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, you know, Shakespeare's uh, Hamlet, where where Hamlet says, it is not alone my inky, in other words, black coat, dear mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor the, de- the dejected behavior of the visage, together with all forms, moods, shapes of grief, grief. These indeed seem but they, because there are actions that a, a man may play. And so the, the thing is, is, is by the grace of God's Holy Spirit that we should be sincerely contrite, you know, sorrow over our sins. You know, we be remorseful that we have offended our God. You know, sin is a very serious business. We have, we have offended God. We, need, we, we want uh, his forgiveness, and, and that's so vital. That's what we live on as Christians. So, Pastor, let's get to the last verse, and then we can come back and, and look at everything we have here today. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Once again, verse 7 uh, gives us a perspective that we don't normally have in our liturgy. Verse 10 really brings us back to this tendency we have that if, if I were to say I'm not that bad of a sinner— what I'm then saying is that God is a liar. And like you said, this is serious business because if you're walking in darkness, you are messing with faith. And faith is, you know, the faith that the Lord gives to us in Christ is what saves us. Here, that's pretty serious business. If I stand before God and call him a liar, that's a faith and salvation issue. Why he adds that at the end is, is very important. What are your thoughts? Verse 10. Well, it shows us that there is no such, in, in uh, true Christian faith, it, there is no perfectionism. Uh, you know, there, 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 there was a, uh, an idea that came from John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, that uh, one could receive a second blessing and that you could, you could be sinless in this life. That's, that's impossible. You know, like as, as you will see as you continue to study in, in, in chapter 2, right at the beginning, you know, that you do not practice sin or you do not sin, um, that, uh, you know, in other words, uh, sometimes those passages have been interpreted to say, well, I can, I can reach such a, uh, a state of holiness in my life that I do not commit sins. And, and John uh, just, uh, uh, you know, with the law of God, uh, just shoots that down right away in this, in this particular case, that, that if, I, if I say I haven't sinned, I'm making God a liar. I'm, I'm, making, I'm saying that the word of God is, is a lie. And, 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 you know, it's interesting how I, I've really noticed that in our day and age, that to, to call people, a, let's call somebody a liar is really strong language. Oh, yeah. Uh, and especially mm-hmm. calling God a liar. Oh, boy. It's just, it just makes uh, your skin crawl. And that's where, just give you a, a small example, is like when I coach track and uh, one of my athletes does something and I'll say, you know what? That's pretty good. Like you did this and that's great. And then literally there are kids that will say, no, it wasn't. And, and I have gotten the, the habit of saying this, like, listen, either you don't want to listen to me, which is one thing. When you do that, you're, you're calling me a liar and I don't like being called a liar. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not pandering you, you know, yeah, this might have wrong, but I'm not, I'm not a liar in this situation. Don't call me a liar. 
you know, you can say, I don't agree or something or whatever, whatever it might be. You say, well, this was wrong and I'll agree with you, but don't call me a liar when I'm not lying. And that's, but that's a coach and an athlete. That's way different than God. (laughs) And so to call God a liar, that's a big deal. And if you're questioning that part of it, then why would you then therefore believe in the forgiveness piece? Because if you're saying sin isn't that bad, then why would we believe in the forgiveness piece? Like, well, if, if you don't believe in the sin part, then why would you believe that God loves you? You put all these things together. If you're going to call him a liar here, but the truth is over there and they're intricately connected, then we got even a bigger issue. Pastor, with about a minute minute left before we get to our end, what, what are your thoughts on that piece? Well, it, I, I, it's so preciously true that that what we're about as Christians is the truth and the truth of God's word and 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 and, and the truth of the matter is is that we uh, we say let God be true and every man a liar and, and so when God in His word uh, shows us our sin. Uh, that the law, that's the purpose of the law, to convict us, convict us of our sin. It shows us our need for a Savior and, and how precious a Savior who has, uh, you know, objectively, once for all, suffered all of our hell for us and, and uh, basically brought us God's forgiveness. God is reconciled. He's our friend in Christ. And, and to re- be able to receive that is our life. Uh, you know, it, re- it receives the beautiful things of light, uh, forgiveness, health, and, and cleanliness. It's so precious. Pastor, 30 seconds. How would you summarize this text and encourage our listeners? I, I would say that uh, this, this tells us how we should live in Christ, that, that we should want to live in the truth, that we should always tell the truth, that we should tell the truth of him, and that we should allow him to shine through us in our lives, because he is the light, uh, and, and his light is salvation for us and for all the world. And don't call God a liar. You are indeed a sinner, but his forgiveness in Christ is real. Pastor David Boyce-Claire of Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri, giving us God's strong word from John, 1 John chapter 1. Pastor Boyce-Claire, uh, great to have you back on. Thank you for bringing us his gifts. Yeah, and may God bless you and, and bless all of your, our listeners. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.